Nikes that I want to become like. They are found, obviously, in God's Word. And as the Bible doesn't give their names, the first one is known as Balaam's donkey. But Balaam's donkey was a donkey that saved lives. So if you have your Bibles with you, turn with me to Numbers chapter 22. Numbers 22. That's where the first donkey is found. Numbers chapter 22, starting in verse 21. And I encourage you to read the whole chapter of chapter 22 and even past chapter 22 to get the whole scheme of um, this story. But we're just going to focus here on verses 21 and following. Numbers 22, verse 21. Balaam got up in the morning, saddled his donkey, and went with the Moabite officials. But God was very angry when he went, and the angel of the Lord stood in the road to oppose him. Balaam was riding on his donkey, and the two servants were with him. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord standing in the road with a drawn sword in his hand, it turned off the road into a field. Balaam beat it to get it back on the road. Then the angel of the Lord stood in the narrow path through the vineyards with walls on both sides. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, it pressed close to the wall, crushing Balaam's foot against it. So he beat the donkey again. Then the angel of the Lord moved on ahead and stood in a narrow place where there was no room to turn either to the right or to the left. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, it lay up under Balaam, and he was angry and beat it with his staff. Then the Lord opened the donkey's mouth and it said to Balaam, What have I done to you to make you beat me these three times? Balaam answered the donkey, You have made a fool of me. If only I had a sword in my hand, I would kill you right now. The donkey said to Balaam, Am I not your own donkey, which you have always ridden to this day? Have I been the habit of doing this to you? No, he said. Then the Lord opened Balaam's eyes, and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the road with his sword drawn. So he bowed low and fell face forward. Once again, there are several things that we can see as we learn from the book of Numbers. First, we can learn in this scripture here this morning, we must be obedient despite the circumstances. Again, all that we've been talking about these last six weeks is after the Israelites have come out of Egypt prior to them entering the promised land. And as the Israelites move on, they're they're conquering those who oppose them. Balaam was a prophet at that time. He appears to know God and is known for his power. Those who Balaam bless stay blessed. And those who Balaam curse stays cursed. Balaam is called in for Balak, the king of the Moabites. Balak is concerned that the children of Israel will destroy them. And so he calls for Balaam to put a curse on the children of Israel so that Balak may destroy them and drive them away. When the first group of Balak men come to Balaam and present their request, Balaam seeks God 
and is told not to go with them because the Israelites are a blessed people. They are His chosen people. Again, Balak sends even more and important and numerous men to Balaam to repeat his request. And instead of sending them away, having already received the answer from God, Balaam invites them in for the night and questions God again. And here is where we begin to see the faults in Balaam's character. He begins to concern himself with the reward that would that would and could receive from fulfilling Balak's request and is more persuaded by men and their will than by God's will. His motivation for asking God a second time was wrong, and so God sends him on his way. But as we read, God sends an angel to wait and oppose him. Balaam was a man who saw God and knew how to listen to the voice of God. Yet greed became his downfall and he became disobedient. He found himself doing God's will but with the wrong motives. We too, today, sitting here this morning, we need to be careful by doing God's will with the wrong motives. For it is possible to do the right thing that is God's will but to do it with the wrong heart, the wrong motives. I remember a time in my own life growing up in the church. I was a teen in the church and I began to do the things in the church. But my motives were wrong. The reasons I did them was all wrong. And I remember the day. I remember the day when it came crashing all around me. Balaam's disobedience and having the wrong motives would eventually lead to his destruction as well. What then do we know about this donkey? First, we know that this donkey was faithful. This donkey was Balaam's only mode of transportation. This donkey had never let Balaam down. It had never gone off course. And it had never refused to move. It had never done anything special, but it had always was done what it was told to do. The donkey here displays one of the finest qualities of being used by God. Simply being faithful at doing what what we've been asked to do. If we say that we want to be used by God, then we have to do the same thing. We just can't say it. We must be faithful at what God asks of us. even Even though we may not know what lies ahead. Secondly, we can see that Balaam's donkey had a vision. This donkey is able to see the angel of the Lord while Balaam's eyes are blinded. This donkey can see because of her faithfulness. Balaam, on the other hand, is blinded by his wrong motivation. The story that we just read, part of it, is really an amazing story. It shows that God can do more with a donkey who has a vision than a so-called man of God without a vision. Like Balaam, we may have heard from God many times in our lives. But if we have a sinful heart today, then we will lose the vision and we can be destructive to all that God has planned. Because of the faithfulness of this donkey... And because it had such a clear vision, it was able to withstand the beatings that Balaam gave it. The donkey had done nothing wrong. 
Yet because he could see the danger, it was willing to suffer. You see, the donkey didn't need to stop and go off course because its life was never in danger. In verse 33 of chapter 22, it says, The angel of the Lord tells Balaam that it was Balaam who would have died and that the donkey's life would have been spared. The donkey did it because of his desire to save a life of the very person who was mistreating him. We know today in our world in which we live, and being a follower of Jesus is not easy. There are some difficult days following Jesus. When God moves, there may be troubles and oppositions in our lives. In order to see our families and our friends saved, we might have to endure many hardships in our lives. And unless we have a clear vision from God and a passion for those who are in danger of hell today, then we will not have the determination required to endure the beatings that are coming or have come to us. But we don't have to be downhearted either this morning. Because if we do endure, then God will give us the ability beyond that we thought we are capable of. God can and will give, give us supernatural ability when He sees fit to give it to us. Maybe you saw that in the story of Matt Ganaway this morning. Maybe you saw it on TV or read it in the newspaper. Matt Ganaway and his, and his four children had decided to make a family project of tearing down an old shed in his mother's Iowa's backyard. They were almost finished. When things went terribly wrong, and the Ganaway children, Ethan, who was 13, Peyton, who's 11, Addison, who was nine, and Caden, who was five, became first responders. For you see, the falling structure hit the ground, and it bounced, landing on Matt, pinning him to the ground. The blow knocked him unconscious. Matt later said, I think the adrenaline kicked into my kids. Because the roof is several hundred pounds. Two of my children were able to lift up that heavy wooden structure while their siblings pulled uh, Matt away from the wreckage. Remember, the age of the kids, 13, 11, 9, and 5, were able to lift the heavy wooden structure and pull Dad to safety. It's at this point in this wonderful story that this donkey begins to talk. I know that many people talk to their pets. Some people talk to plants. Some people think that it's strange. But let me set the record straight this morning to us. It isn't strange to talk to a plant. It's not strange to talk to an animal. It's listening to them. That's crazy a little bit. The donkey was given ability beyond its own capabilities. And if we are faithful to God and full of His vision, then as Paul says in Ephesians 3, now to Him, who by in consequence of the action of His power that is at work within us, is able to carry out His purpose, and do super abundantly, far over and above all that we dare ask, think infinitely beyond our highest prayers, 
desires, thoughts, hopes, or dreams. Now we come to donkey number two. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Luke chapter 19. Luke chapter 19. We'll begin reading in verse 28. Luke 19, 28. After Jesus had said this, he went on ahead going up to Jerusalem. As he he approached Bethphage and Bethany at the hill called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples saying to them, Go into the village ahead of you. And as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it? Say, the Lord needs it. Those who were sent ahead went and found it just as he had told them. As they were untying the colt, its owner asked them, why are you untying the colt? They replied, the Lord needs it. They brought it to Jesus, threw their cloaks on the colt, and put Jesus on it. As he went along, people spread their cloaks on the road. When he came near the place where the road goes down the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. A familiar passage that we read a lot at Easter time. But I think it's very relevant for us today as well. For there there appears to be nothing special about this donkey either. We can read in the other three Gospels that we can find that it was actually tied up with another donkey. And both were brought. But here Jesus decides to ride on the younger donkey. He decides to ride on the one that has not been ridden before. And had not been forced to carry anything and to get used in a particular way of doing things. And so it wouldn't be tempted to try and go its own way. As I was watching that donkey this week down on Marks Avenue, I noticed that that donkey had a fixed path. That he must be walking on it day after day after day. And I'm sure that it doesn't matter how hard a person may try, we will not be able to get that donkey to go in another direction or any further than its normal path that he has. If you want to make a different trail in a different direction, then you have to use another donkey that has not been in that pen before to make a new trail. Church, this morning, if we want to be used by God for His glory and His honor and to make heaven full and hell empty, then it's important for us to be like that unridden donkey. We can't serve God if we have already have our own preconceived Ideas of where we think He wants to take us as a church. We can't use routes that we've been down before as a guide to where God is taking us as a church now. This donkey wasn't chosen by accident that day by God and for those disciples to go get. Jesus hadn't chosen Him as a plan B because there wasn't a horse or a chariot available. This donkey had been prophesied about 500 years before this by the prophet named Zechariah when he said, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion! 
Shout, daughter of Jerusalem. See, your king comes to you. Righteous, having salvation. Gentle. And riding on a donkey. On a colt. The foal of a donkey. This donkey had a promise upon its life. And it was about to be fulfilled. It was tied up. And this is how many is how many of us can feel from time to time in our lives. We have a promise upon our lives, but we feel that we're tied up and unable to move. Maybe it's because of a family situation we're dealing with. Maybe it's a job situation we're dealing with. Maybe it's a financial situation we're dealing with. Maybe it's a you-fill-in-the-blank type of situation that you're dealing with. But as we remain patient and do not lose hope, we don't lose trust, we don't use faith, then Jesus is more than able. He is more than able for, uh, to come to us and to be loosed from those concerns of the world that we're hanging on to this morning. This donkey wasn't anything special. But it was going to be carrying the King of Kings and Lord of Lords in just a few moments. We don't know if this donkey was ever used again. We never see that in Scripture. I'm sure the next day the donkey woke up just like an ordinary donkey in the pen. In fact, it was the lowliness of this donkey that made it usable that day. If Jesus had been riding a horse, the authorities might have thought He was able, about to lead a rebellion against them. Great warriors would come riding horses in similar circumstances after they had won the great battle. It was in the donkey's lowliness that made it usable. It symbolized the fact that Jesus had come in great humility and was coming to bring peace and justice and not war. The Old Testament kings would travel about the country during peace times on a donkey, dispersing justice throughout the land. When the warriors would ride into the city, they'd be followed by the captives who would be put to death following the persecution. Jesus rode on a donkey that day because He was there not to parade the captives before death, but to set people free from sin and death. This donkey was special, not because who he was, but because of who he was carrying. He was carrying Jesus into Jerusalem. And if we want to carry God's presence with us into Carruthers, into Riverdale, into Fresno, wherever we may be, into the schools in which we're at, into our homes, into our workplaces, then we have to do what John 3 tells us. He must increase. And I must decrease. He must grow more prominent. And I must grow less so. We are only going to achieve great things for God and His kingdom. Not by being something in ourselves, but by carrying His presence wherever we go. Let me repeat what I said at the beginning of the message. I want to be like a donkey. I don't just want to be like any donkey. I want to be one that achieves great things for God. I want to be a donkey that is faithful, that has a vision from God, that is able to carry God's presence into the city in a way that causes people to have to give Him praise and glory and honor. If you've always wanted to be a great athlete, a great musician, a great whatever, 
The thought of being a donkey to you, a lowly, unimportant animal, probably doesn't appeal to you today. But the truth is that these two donkeys were used in mightier ways than most people ever dreamed of. The donkey in Numbers chapter 22 saved lives. The donkey in Luke 19 carried the salvation of God into a sinful city. That's how I want to be used. That's how I want to be used today. What about you? What about you this morning? Are you comfortable the way you are in your relationship with Jesus Christ? Or do you want to be used in a different way? Do you want to be stretched a little bit? We started a new Sunday school class this morning and when I approached Kim Santana about teaching it, she said, oh, pastor, I don't know. I said, Kim, it's going to stretch you. We have a new adult Sunday school class, too. Carmen McNeil's teaching that class. We said the same thing. It's going to stretch him into doing things and teaching in a way that he might have never done before. But I believe with all my heart, when we are stretched for God, God will use us in mighty ways. In wonderful ways we can never imagine today. But all He wants us to do is say, yes, Lord, yes, to Your will and to Your way. Not an easy thing to do is say, yes, Lord, yes. It's difficult to say that in today's world. But we know what the benefit is. Joy. Peace. Happiness. In this world as well. And Jesus invites us. To his table this morning. And we're going to watch a video in a minute. And these are some of the words that are. In that video. It says. This is a message to the saints. The table has been set. So take your place. There is no more condemnation. There is only grace. We are family here. Colors and stains disappear. There's no doubt you belong to the family of God. No matter who you were when you walked through that door. Here you're not an orphan anymore. Brothers and sisters by blood. This is the family of God. Aaron, play that please.
to the saints. The table has been set, so take your place. There is no more condemnation. There is only grace. So, child of God, your adoption it is done. Oh, this family is forever, and we've just begun. We Don, if you would come. Kathy, Cammie, if you would come. Darlene, if you would come, please, and help us serve. Let's pray before we begin. Heavenly Father, as we have said this morning, we all come with our own needs, our own things that we need to leave at the door, leave at the altar. And Father, we ask this morning, as David wrote in the Psalms, Search me, O God. And know my heart. See if there be any wicked way in me. We are told to examine ourselves before we come to the table. And so, Father, we do that this morning. We want to examine ourselves. To make sure that we are in a right relationship with you this morning. And Father, if there is something that's in between us and you, we ask right now in these precious, precious moments, we ask that you would come and you would take away 
the sin, the ugliness, the disobedience, whatever it might be. Take it away in our hearts so we can be pure and holy before a holy God at the table of grace. We thank you and we praise you this morning. In Christ's name. family of God. That's what we are. Like it or not, we're related. We're related. Brothers and sisters. We've been adopted into the kingdom by His broken body and by His shed blood. By accepting that into our lives. I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy to be a part of this family. 
I've done a million things that should have taken me out of it. But my Bible says God remembers them no more. And he throws them as far as the east is to the west. And he loves me even more. And I am so glad this morning that he has invited me to his table. Every Sunday morning when I walk down those stairs. I come expecting God to meet me in this place. And for almost five years, he has not failed once. But oh, how many times I have failed him. How many times I have failed him. And still he loves me. He loves this donkey in the making. He loves me because he hung on a cross after he was beaten. His, his blood was shed for me. And today I say thank you. We say thank you for his broken body and his shed blood. We sang a song, our first song this morning. What can wash away my sin? It's a question. That was a question song. But we have to answer those questions. Only the blood of Jesus can wash away our sin and make us pure and holy. And so we come to his table in remembrance of him expecting him to return one day. And we do that together as sons and daughters of the king, part of the royal family. Let's eat together the bread. And let's drink the juice in remembrance of his shed blood. Let's stand together. Father, we are so thankful today that you have called us to be here for such a time as this. On this, the first Sunday of June. None of us are here by accident today. You have deemed it that we would be here today. For you wanted to say something to us. You wanted to show us something that we wouldn't have seen if we stayed home today. Or we went somewhere else. But you wanted to show us something this morning. You wanted to remind us of something this morning. And Father, I'm so thankful that each one of my brothers and sisters are here worshiping together, praising you together, thanking you together. What a special time this is at the in the family of God, at the table of God. One of these days, we'll be sitting together with these and many other people in heaven at the table, the banquet table. 
We can't wait. But Lord, we live today in victory. Serving you. Honoring you. Taking you with us wherever we may go. Father, we thank you and we praise you for the time that we have had together on this day. We ask that you would bring us back tonight as we continue in worship and praise to a loving and holy God. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. You are dismissed.
anticipation we await the promise to come everything that you have spoken will come to pass let it be It's reaching out to defend me when 